walk is crawling. Daddy, mercy's for the dead. Laughing spreads his wings. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio Post Game. This is the drive home. Just making this crap up as I go. Driving home from Canvas Stadium, just crossed over College Avenue here on Prospect, heading, making my way back to I-25 to make the hour and 20-ish drive home. And uh, kind of buzzing a little bit. Just uh, happy to see a Colorado State team show resolve. And when I say that, I just mean the team looked bad last week. We all felt it. We all were in the dumps. We all just uh, flew off the handle a little bit. It's easy to glare at the things that have plagued this team and this program for years and just lump it into, that's just a sign of our program going in the tank again when it wasn't really fair. I mean, this, this team is a new program under a new coaching staff that is trying to build trying to build a new culture, trying to change the way that they play, they prep, they prepare, they approach games, uh their mentality, their style, their philosophy. And uh that takes a little bit of time. And quite honestly, yeah, we all would have loved to have seen the Rams come out and give us a nice, pleasant surprise, go into Fresno State and beat them and look good doing it. But there was a lot of things working against the Rams. And we talked about it on on the podcast a few days ago. It's been talked about ad nauseum. I mean, they, they, had, they were hit hard by some COVID issues. They missed some practices due to various issues. I mean, the program was shut down for a while due to an investigation. They've had practices canceled due to smoke and air quality issues. And uh, so it was hard for them to get continuity. It's hard for them to get guys on the field and get guys prepared for that opener. Crap, I mean, they only had three full practices in between the loss and tonight's win. Um, So there's, there's a lot of things going on where you just can't fix things in just a few practices. And, and what it came down to tonight was they overcame mistakes. They out-toughed a very good, a very tough, a very physical Wyoming team that knows how to win. They're a team that has had CSU's number. And the Rams out-toughed them, out-executed them, and just beat them. They did it without a home crowd behind them to rely on that for support. They did it coming off of a loss. Uh that that I'm sure it had them down. It had the coaching staff down. It certainly had us as fans down. Uh, but when they came out tonight, man, did they come ready to play. Um, I think they were rejuvenated by the naming of the returning senior quarterback, uh, the returning starting senior quarterback, Patrick O'Brien, uh, put back in the starting role. He came out and looked fantastic. He looked great. I mean, he missed a couple passes, kind of, kind of short-armed a couple that uh, skipped. Still could have been caught uh, by receivers, but uh, 
really just a couple passes that just weren't really on target. Other than that, I mean, he made some big plays. He made some plays uh, when they needed it on third down. He made some big plays to set up scoring opportunities. He made a couple big passes to Toby McBride, one of which is a 38-yard touchdown. Uh, he benefited certainly, and this is one thing Toddy Centeno did not get the benefit from, was having the, the incredible weapon of Dante Wright on the field, and that it was clearly obvious the difference that he makes in this offense. In this offense, what a weapon he is! To be able to stretch the field, to have that Wyoming defense have to key on him, just made a huge difference. But Patrick O'Brien did a fantastic job driving this offense and uh, picking up some key third downs and picking up some yardage with his legs. You know, everyone talked about Toddy being the guy that can run, but Patrick O'Brien is not a statue. He can move. He showed he can move. Last year, he did it tonight. And, uh, you know, there were a couple times when you would have liked to have seen them pick up a first down when they needed to to extend a drive and make it a little tougher on Wyoming, not give them a short field. But uh, for Patrick O'Brien to play that well, to basically will this team, this offense, to a win without, let's face it, any freaking running game whatsoever is impressive. I mean, he, he, he directed that offense. He did exactly what they needed to do to get a win. And uh, it cannot be understated how tremendous the front four and sometimes three of the defensive line that the defensive line played in this game. I mean, they – and, and I'm, I, I do not have the stats in front of me or memorized because I'm driving right now, but I think they finished with six sacks, potentially seven, but six. Um, several tackles for loss. They did a, they did a pretty good job on Valadez. He's always going to get his yards. The guy can run. He's got great speed, hits the hole hard, good vision. Um, they've got a pretty good line up front that, that gives him the, the creases that he needs. Uh, and a couple times he, he slipped the first tackle and, and he, he got his yardage, right? But, um, overall, I mean, it wasn't a gashing entirely by the Wyoming running game. They, and, and this defense really, really stifled Levi Williams, the, the, the quarterback, um, who has played pretty admirably, admirably in the last couple games. Mm-hmm filling in for Sean Chambers. So this uh, this defense looked really good um, at times. They were they, they had you ready to pull your hair out at other times. Uh, the secondary is just thin. You know, they're just thin. Um, you know, you've got the, the true freshman out of Fairview, out of Boulder, Hunter playing – a lot of snaps, and uh, he struggled in a couple you know, at, at some times during the game. I think Wyoming pinpointed that a little bit, and there's a couple times when guys came out and were open by freaking 15 yards, right? Um, and that's just going to happen when you've got a young secondary, you're very thin. You know, I think uh, I think they will continue to improve in the secondary. Right now, they got a lot of work to do. They really do. I mean, they have. Uh, I mean, even even your guy with the most experience, uh, Rashad, Rashad Ajayi, who was pretty good as a true freshman, uh, struggled a little bit last year, and uh, so far in two games this year has has struggled a little bit. But 
you know, this, this secondary is just really struggling right now, um, you know, covering wide receivers man-to-man, and that's just something they're going to have to fix. I think, though, Chuck Heater um, deserves some credit. They had a lot of breakdowns in that opener. Horrible, horrible breakdowns on third and long, and sometimes third and very long in a few cases. And uh, I think they, what did, what did we talk about? They, they gave up 10 of 18 third down conversions last week. Five of those were 10 yards or more. And I know one of them was at least 17 yards. Just, just, just a brutal showing there. And they gave a couple of those up again tonight. Um, nothing that drastic, but they gave a couple key third downs and a couple longer third downs. But um, overall, he's figuring out how to get pressure on a quarterback. This front four is formidable. I mean, it's been a long time since we can say that Colorado State has had a formidable front four. And I'm, not try- I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but we saw some flashes last year. There's some very good players on this front, uh, this defensive front, and we're seeing it so far in, uh, in the first two games of the 2020 season. And Scott Patchen, the transfer from Miami, has been really good so far, really good so far. Manny Jones, of course, has been very good. Um, Toby McBride has been solid. It's a, it's a, that's a, that is a good front, uh, defensive front that CSU can really build a defense around. So that's exciting. And then you got um, Robert List, the true freshman kicker, who did miss a, a field goal early in the game, but uh, came back and hit a couple, a couple field goals. One of which was the game the the one that basically sealed the game with just a couple minutes, two and a half minutes left, a longer 47-yarder right down the middle, just clutch. I mean, that is clutch. If he misses that, it gives Wyoming pretty good field position there. And you just, I mean, I think that would have taken something out of the sails of the defense. Uh, we all as fans would have been um, definitely on the edge of our seat, biting our fingernails off on, uh, on Wyoming's last drive there. But uh, very clutch kick. And that bodes well for him and the team going forward, having a true freshman who who uh, stepped up in a clutch, high-pressure situation and buries a long kick like that. Just, just, just huge. Um, so, and uh, of course Ryan Stonehouse. There was a, a couple good punts that flipped the field in that game, and none other than the one out of his own end zone uh, when the Rams had the ball. Uh, first and ten from their own three, and I'm, you know, I posted this on the board or in my uh, my live recaps during the game, was that it would be great if CSU could just pick up one first down, uh, ideally two, but don't go three and out here and have to punt out of your own end zone. And sure enough, three straight handoffs up the middle, and they could not pick up a first down. And Ryan Stonehouse is punting out of the middle of his end zone. And he booms one, uh, basically all the way to the Wyoming uh, inside their 40 uh, with a few-yard punt return. I think they started that that drive on the 44, but that could have been much, much worse. So uh, just a weapon to have him for sure. Um, so uh, the one you – know, there is a few glaring issues on this team. One is the running game. And uh, it's easy to pinpoint and say, hey, you know uh, – McElroy has got to be better, and he does. I mean, I, I think that I, – I don't know if he's thinking too much. 
doesn't look like he's hitting the hole fast and hard. Um, it doesn't look like he's running carefree. It doesn't look like he's seeing the field well. Uh, but tonight went beyond that. I mean, the, 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 the run blocking of this offensive line is struggling right now. They're doing a pretty dang good job protecting uh, with, with pass protection, but they're just failing to get a surge in the run game. And, you know, that, that, let's see. I mean, was it uh, – did they struggle because uh, last week because it was game one? And they have had a lot of guys missing. The, the offensive line was one of the hardest hit units on this team uh, in the in preseason camp, as far as COVID and contact tracing. And so they definitely have had guys out and have lacked cohesiveness. That's why you're seeing three of those Boston College transfers immediately thrust into starting roles. Um, so that's part of it for sure. And then you add in the fact that tonight you're playing against a team that has been very good defensively against the run. So let's let's hold some judgment and see, you know, let's see what happens. It's just not doesn't get any easier next week. Boise on the road, but uh, you know certainly the run game's got to get better. This is a this is a program that Adazio has said we want to run the ball. We want to uh, impose our will on teams. And, you know, that, that reminds me of those old days of Sonny and um, where, where CSU would just take control in the fourth quarter and, and say, you know what, we're going to run the ball eight times in a row. You're going to have to stop it if you want to have a chance to stay in this game. And, you know, CSU tried to run the ball a little bit down the stretch, run clock, uh, pick up first half, and they could not do it. They could not do it. I don't think, again, I don't have the stats right in front of me right now, but I think CSU must have ended up with less than 70 yards rushing as a team. Um, so, and and I think they had a 30-yarder that uh, Vivens had at one point in the game, so half of those half those yards came on one run. It was tough sledding tonight, all night running the ball. But here's the one point I wanted to make, most of all, as I get on this, uh, as I get on this recording. I am ecstatic, ecstatic at the workmanlike attitude of this team. I really am. Because you watch our team of the last five years, and this is not just because of Coach Bobo, but he was the guy in charge that kind of dictates behavior and expectations but during his tenure, man, there was a lot of look at me. There was a lot of, hey, let's dance on the sideline. Hey, let's celebrate my forced fumble by acting crazy on the sideline with a stupid turnover belt. Stupid things like that where those kind of look at me moments were more important than win the game moments. And that's just the epitome and, and a perfect example of why CCU has struggled over those years. But you didn't, you haven't seen any of those shenanigans yet with this team. And um, granted, last week we lost a turnover battle, I think one to nothing. Um, and tonight, CSU was plus three in a turnover battle, um, which they said on the in the press box that CSU hasn't done that since the. Canvas opener in 2017 against Oregon State. So, a pretty nice performance by the defense to uh, to, to force those three turnovers. 
uh, and for, by the offense to protect the ball. It has been three years since they've been plus three, and uh, quite honestly, in big games, they certainly have not performed that well where they took care of the ball and forced key turnovers. So, um, and then and, you know, and then when you do do it, you go celebrate with your team because you just got the ball back to your offense, not hey everybody look at me, I got this belt. You know, and, and doing your little dance on the side. I love the workmanlike attitude so far. And I think that's a reflection of the coach, whether you like it or not. I think this is a, this is a blue collar coach. It's a blue collar coaching staff that's, uh, old school and they are a team first kind of a, a program. They're a, uh, work hard and, uh, and, and be tough, be tougher than your opponent kind of a team. And I just, I, I'm ecstatic. And uh, like I mentioned in the opening comments, the resolve of this team to bounce back after last week, to overcome the fact that your offensive uh, line and your running game couldn't get going, to overcome some of the big plays that you ended up giving up on defense, to just keep making plays. And the, 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 the key guys on this team, the big star players on this team, are the guys that stepped up and made the plays. And that includes Patrick O'Brien, who inexplicably didn't uh, didn't get the start last week um, and, and proved that that was the wrong decision tonight. Um, he had a fantastic game. Dante Wright, who had to sit out last week, was a huge difference maker in this game, had over 100 yards receiving. I think he had nine catches. Um, he makes a, a world of difference on offense. You had uh, Toby McBride, or Trey McBride, close to 100 yards, maybe over 100 yards, um, and some clutch plays. You know, I loved one of his comments after the game on, uh, you know, someone asked him about carrying, you know, catching that 38-yard touchdown, catching the ball at the 10-yard line, and then dragging a Wyoming defender the last 10 yards into the end zone. He's like, you know what, I'm 250 pounds. You know, I should be carrying guys into the end zone. No no defensive back is going to stop me. Um, so a huge night by him. He's such a leader and uh, kind of the the, uh, the heart and soul of this this team. And then you look on defense and you got guys like Manny Jones, uh, who had a tremendous game. Uh, Marshawn Cameron, he forced a fumble. He picked off. He was the guy who picked off a pass. Um, it was an amazing jump on that first series. It looked like uh, the receiver was open. He just read that pass and had great athletic ability and great instincts to jump that route and then take that to the house. And then the very next series, I believe it was, that Wyoming had, he forced the fumble. Um, so just a, he just set the tone right there. And that's what you want is guys who can step up and just become, you know, a legend in border war or rivalry lore. So loved it. I loved uh, everything I saw. I mean, you never going to have a perfect game. There's always going to be areas they need to get better in, but this is a board award. It's something that CSU hasn't won in five years. Um, CSU has won two rivalry games in five years, which is pathetic. So right now, Coach Dazio has got half the rivalry wins in one game than Bobo had in five years. So um, I, I don't mean to make fun of Bobo, but that's pretty telling right there. Lastly, to see this team as the final seconds 
ticked off the clock and went to zero, and the entire team bolted over to that sideline, the Wyoming sideline, where the boot was sitting on a table. That was pretty special. That was very special. One of the first guys to the boot was Toby McBride, and what a story that is. It's a guy who's had health issues, injury issues, wasn't even going to come back. But we had counted him off the team. Then CSU fires Mike Bobo. They go and hire Steve Adazio. And Adazio ends up reaching out to Toby McBride and, you know, just kind of puts up feelers. Hey, well, if you want to come back. And one of the first things that Toby asked him was, you know what, I, I haven't won a lot of I haven't won a lot of rivalry games since I've been here. What is your approach to rivalry games? How important are they to you? And they had a heart-to-heart about it. And Adazio convinced him that he's all about rivalry games. It's the heart and soul of, of college football. And what he said was good enough for Toby McBride to want to come back. And uh, it was pretty cool to hear the post-game comments by Trey McBride, his brother, to say, yeah, uh, my brother showed a video and made it a passionate plea to the team to play with everything he got against this team because he showed a video that Coach Adazio said was very impactful to the team, very heartfelt, and it made an impact tonight. And what Trey said about his brother Toby was that, you know what, when Toby decided he was going to come back, it was because of Coach Adazio and his approach to to rivalry games and the fact that Toby did not want to leave his college football career as a loser. And this is Trey's, Trey's own words that he did not want to leave college football, his college football career as a loser because he had not won rivalry games during his career. So congratulations to Toby, Trey, the entire CSU football team, the coaching staff, the support staff. It's been a long time coming, man. And uh, I hope this, this is not this is not the end game here, and, and I, I, I hesitate to get ahead of myself, but it's okay for us to feel good about a rivalry win, especially against Wyoming, who's, who's let's face it, they're historically been our biggest rival, and uh, they've owned us uh, in recent years. So that was a that was a big win. You know, I got to say, my experience at the stadium tonight was interesting. You know, was, uh, they had. I don't know how many media members they had in there, but uh, obviously the, the stadium was was completely empty. They only allowed uh, players that were undressed in there. They allowed cheerleaders um, and uh, the pawns in the stadium. There was no band. I didn't even see family in there. Um, and then just only in the press box was was everybody else, the media members. I think they allowed two, uh, a photographer from a couple different outlets, like Colorado and maybe the Denver Post, uh, where they actually were allowed down in the bowl to take photos and video. But other than that, everybody was in the press box. So, And then even in there, they, they only allowed a limited amount. I mean, I tried to get my Ram Nation radio cohort, Mike Rowe, up there with me, but they didn't have enough space, so uh, they were limiting all outlets to one, and then obviously the, the main ones, they may have allowed two, um, but everyone was six feet apart, um, they weren't handing out stats, it was, it was, it was strange.
strange, strange environment. And then the piped-in crowd noise, which seemed to be a struggle for whoever's running that thing. I imagine that you're sitting at a board uh, or a, a computer screen where some good happens. You have one button to press, and it's a, it's a, a crowd cheering. If it's a big play, it's a louder cheer. If it's an okay play, it's a kind of a mediocre cheer. And then if it's a bad play, it's kind of a groan track, you know? There's a few times, though, that they just hit, he hit the wrong one, and a couple times where the, the crowd just was roaring, and then it stopped suddenly. It was very strange. It was, it was very, very strange. They, they did a good job with the production. Um, with the, the PA announcer it was like a normal game. They had music out there. Um, they had, you know, they had uh, light show, and uh, you know, the stadium lights were flashing on touchdowns, and, and the team took the field, and all that kind of stuff. So some of that felt normal, but it was just the overall, just a very strange experience. But um, cool thing after the game, you know, they piped in some of the, the, the audio into the intercom from the locker room, and you could hear the players cheer, uh, chanting and singing the fight song, which, um, you know, if you read any of the, the, pre, the, the pre-season articles that how Adazio stresses the those kind of traditions of singing the fight song and those things, and, and most many of the team, players on the team didn't even know the fight song. Obviously, he didn't, and a lot of the coaching staff didn't. Um, it was all stuff they had to learn, but, man, when, when they piped in that sound, they were singing on cue, uh, loud, with enthusiasm. That was cool. It's been a long time to hear, long time since we've heard that kind of enthusiasm out of this program. So great to hear. And then you could also hear cars driving by the stadium honking. And so that was pretty neat too. But so that's about all I had. Um, just wanted to talk about uh, how fun that was. What a great feeling that was for the Rams to get a much needed win we all needed it and uh wanted to just kind of share those thoughts as i drive home here so i appreciate all you guys all you ram fans who suffered through this together we got a long way to go um five more games left this season is that right six games left this season six games left this season and uh you know let's let's just <laughs> take it week by week and just enjoy the fact that we've got college football Obviously, you want to hope for the best and hope that this team can can have a great rest of the year and do some good things and set up a great 2021 and, and really start building this program. But let's just enjoy the fact that for the rest of these next few days, that CSU has won the border war, that bronze boot is going to be on our campus for the next year. Fantastic. Appreciate you all. Love you all. Go Rams. Have a great night.